0: Thanks for tuning in to Big Money in the 805. I'm Michael Anderson, and today we have Tim Gallagher on the program. He's a former editor for the VC Star. We hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of GEICO Local Office, 805-487-7847.
1: Michael Anderson, Chief Investment Officer at Maranatha Financial. Due to industry regulations, he will not discuss any of Maranatha's investments on this program. All opinions expressed by participants on this program are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Maranatha Financial or its affiliates. For more information, visit Maranatha.com.
2: It's time for Big Money in the 805 with your host, Michael Anderson, bringing you a feature interview, a local nonprofit spotlight, and some financial wisdom. Get local and relevant information for the 805. For show notes and more information, go to maranatha.com. And now, here's your host, Michael Anderson.
0: Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us today. It's a big day today. We have a lot to talk about regarding news, newspapers, The media, social media. We have the former editor of the VC Star, Tim Gallagher, in the studio today. We also have Spencer Norin here from Rack Life. This is a local nonprofit that has had an awesome story. They've really done some amazing community building and provided much needed support locally. I'm excited to have Rack Life on the show today, too. And Spence, I remember being a kid delivering newspapers going and collecting each month for the newspaper. I remember as a young adult, the newspaper was a big deal. That was where everyone seemed
3: to get their news every day. I was also a newspaper boy, the News Chronicle in Thousand Oaks, and it was... The way to get your news, uh, no doubt about it. Now, I know my dad used
0: to read the newspaper a lot, and he would go. uh, I was always amazed. He'd just have his head
3: behind the paper. Was your family a big newspaper family as well? Our newspaper was an afternoon paper. My dad would get home from work, sit on his chair, and he would go through the paper. And I mean, front to back, he read everything. He would even go through the classified ads just to see what was up.
0: Fast forward to today, and a lot of people are getting their news elsewhere. So they've got the internet, social media, their small localized publications, and it's really changed the way we seek information about current events. What
3: are your thoughts on media and information and how we're getting news nowadays? We've definitely done the pivot here at KVTA with Rich Galano leading the charge. Excellent work on air, but there is something to be said about when a story happens, we put it up instantly to our KVTA Facebook page, and that's the way it goes. I remember the first time when Blackberries first became very, very popular. I was at Disneyland. And I said, this is a long time ago, I said, I I wonder how the Dodgers are doing. The guys said 3-2. to That's the first time I realized that that thing in your pocket could get you ball scores. And
0: it really is the new way uh, online, in your phone, in the computer. You can search Big Money in the 805 on Facebook or iTunes. And if you like the show, please also give us a review. We'd love to hear from you online. This show will be available for free online. You can find all of the previous shows for Big Money in the 805 at marinantha.com or you can podcast it via iTunes and other platforms. We'll be right back with our feature interview. Gallagher spent 29 years as a reporter, editor, and publisher at newspapers here in California, also in New Mexico, and Texas. Locally, many Ventura County residents will remember him as the editor of the VC Star for many years. One of his favorite quotes, I hate politics, but I love public policy. So Tim started his consulting firm, the 2020 Network, back in 2007. They work with developers, nonprofits, business owners, and government officials. You can visit his website, the2020network.com, to learn more. Tim, thanks for being here on the program today.
4: Great to be back. I used to do this gig here uh, every night, Monday through Friday, talking about the next
0: day's newspaper. So this is like coming home. <laughs> well, that's great. It's always fun to talk with you and hear your insight on things and and just the seasoned view of the world and of the local news. Mm-hmm. We all get the newspaper, or at least see how newspaper has changed over the last thirty years. Talk to us about newspaper and how it's changed, and yeah. uh, let's start there, and then we'll get deeper on a few more questions. But what, what are some things you can share with us about the newspaper?
4: Well, Mike, I, I think it's pretty clear. The idea of a daily newspaper is much like, you know, in the financial world, an annuity. It's something that's going to get smaller. It's going to spin off for a few more years. It's going to, but the idea of a, a seven-day-a-week newspaper on your doorstep is not going to exist 30, 40, 50 years from now. You will get your news. In fact, the term newspaper is rapidly becoming antiquated because the way people get their news these days, even someone like my wife who's 60 years old, got newspapers, read them until about two years ago, Now she gets 100% of her news off the phone. Mm, She's just reading different websites and news feeds that she gets. So people are changing. They're consuming more news than ever. They're just not getting it in print.
0: That's a good point. You know, I think there's a lot of talk about that. When was the golden age of newspapers, do you think? Probably
4: into the 1970s and 80s, and that was actually a critical point for them. They were profitable. They were losing in circulation a little bit, but they were still the dominant advertising force. And so they were just uh, just killing it during that period. And then the other thing they did that was actually the death knell for them was they went public. They became publicly traded companies and more consumed with return to shareholders, paying high salaries to office holders and things like that, instead of putting the money back into the newspaper product and getting out ahead of the technology. What disrupted, what's killed the newspaper business more than anything else is a little thing called Craig's List. Mm. Do you know yeah. who Craig
0: is? I, you know, I do not know who Craig is, but I know I lived in San Francisco ten years ago. Craig still was in San Francisco. He <laughs> ran it out of his apartment, but I did read about how that really changed the advertising for the classified ads, and that exactly. was a big line of business for you guys. Talk to us about Craigslist and how that impacted you.
4: So Craig is Craig Newmark. He was an engineer for one of the one of the big uh, big companies like 3M. Had this idea to do free classified advertising and everybody in the newspaper business said you're nuts you know we got to get paid for that sort of thing and he started this free classified advertising now so my children my youngest who are 23 and 22 think it's a really quaint idea to look in the newspaper for a job or an apartment or a car but that's what most of us did growing up that's where you look and Craig just took over that market from us by saying this can be free well then how does he make a profit well for a long time he didn't care about making a profit you know, he just had a little, charged little bits of, for certain types of advertising. But he disrupted the newspaper market. So this will get a little bit numbery, but should I stick with me? So a newspaper in America, the American newspaper model is based on 80% of the money comes from advertising, only 20% from circulation. So out of the 80% in advertising, two-thirds of that came from classified advertising. Mm. Two-thirds of it. It's a big deal. When I was at the Star, we would run a car section on Saturday. It would be 40, 44 pages. We'd run a Sunday real estate section. It'd be about 24 to 28. Today, those sections are four pages, eight pages. Where do you go looking for jobs? Where do you go looking for cars? Where do you go looking for houses? Craigslist, realtor.com, cars.com. That whole thing disrupted the market. And if you think about any business losing, you know, what it amounted to, more than half of its revenue. Um, That business isn't going to survive very
0: long. It's almost like the perfect storm. You have advertising dollars shrinking from Craigslist, and people are advertising out other places for a a lower cost. And then also, there's new places for them to go to get their news. Exactly. So you have online sources for, for information and social media. Let's talk about that for a minute. Social media now is something that that I'm very close to. Are people that are in the boomer generation on social media in numbers, and how has that changed some of the mediums we're using to get information?
4: I was smiling when you said that about you're on social media. So, you know, my kids won't use Facebook anymore since I'm on it. And, you know, multiply (laughs) that by hundreds of thousands across the country. Uh, I have a 23- and a 22-year-old home at home and use something called Snapchat which I still don't understand quite yet how this all works, but you know, they could teach me in a, a half an hour or so. Social media has become so prolific in our lives that many companies have put in uh, guards, parameters on how long uh, you can use it during a day while at work. They'll actually log you off using the browser if you're on Facebook for more than 15 minutes or so that sort of thing. You walk down the street and people are on their phones constantly, so it has become the medium by which we communicate. It has become the medium by which we make purchases. Just got done talking to a lady this morning. I asked her about her advertising budget. It's all on Yelp because what she says is all of her customers come to her. The first thing they do is check the reviews on Yelp Mm -hmm. to see what kind of other experiences they've had. So it is nothing has changed in America more dramatically in the last 15 years
0: than our reliance on social media for every aspect of life. Is that more for this demographic that's maybe, say, 45 and under? Or are you seeing that folks that are you know in their 50s and 60s oh, yeah. and 70s? Yeah,
4: fastest growing segment of Facebook, Mike, is, is over 70 is the fastest-growing portion of it. That's because the young people were early adapters to it. And as their parents and grandparents got onto it, they began to move on to other social platforms. But uh, it is generational, but there are new platforms being developed all the time that young people are moving closer and closer to. And by the time their parents get onto it, they'll
0: move on to something else. Now let's talk about this, the... the podcasting. So yeah. like this show goes on a podcast, there's a number right. of other podcasters. I think it's a big deal with podcasting. A lot of baby boomers yeah. are not as aware or haven't learned about podcasting yet, but it's it's kind of like the DVR. It's free, on-demand yeah. audio for information you want to learn about. Share with our listeners what you know about podcasting and sure. maybe some of the podcasts you listen to.
4: So if you think about what our trends are in technology and news, the big overarching trends are convenience Personalized and ease of use. Steve Jobs understood this better than anybody, didn't he? I mean, he was just an amazing guy and understood this. And so, what podcasts, news, DVRs, and all these things all deal with is addressing those trends. It's personalized. I see what I want. Okay, it's just for me. I get it when I want. It's convenient. I get it when I want. And it's actually tailored to my interest. Now, there's a good and bad side to that we'll get to in a minute. But in terms of my podcast listening, I am addicted to the New York Times podcast, The Daily. The VC Star has a really good one that, uh, that they go back and they take historical looks back at Ventura County. But I put up a little post on social media the other day that showed that Neiman Labs had done a study that podcast audience are an advertiser's dream. They are a little bit older demographically, they're higher income, they're higher education, and they're extremely loyal to the podcast. So I put that up, and then I asked friends of mine, hey, what podcast do you listen to? Right. What was interesting, what came back, was how many of my friends came back. Said, I listened to these six. Well, they were all either conservative podcasts or they were all liberal podcasts. Mm. That's not the way I consume news, you know. I try, to, I try to get across the spectrum and hear different points of view. But the danger when you make it so tailored like that, Mike, is that people can only listen to the voices that they want to hear. So it's like constantly living in an echo chamber. I think a well-educated person is constantly listening to voices all along the spectrum.
0: That's the difficult part with some of this social media and more curated news is you get the news you want to hear. It validates the opinions you already believe in. How's that different than what the newspaper tried to do, as far as being more objective? Is that yeah. the nature of journalism and a journalist yeah. and a reporter? They are trying to be objective.
4: They are, and uh, you know it, they they do their best, and they say that you know reporting is is not about the truth; it's about the best version of the truth that you can obtain by deadline. Yeah. You know, you try to get as many people as possible to to give you the versions of what happened and be fair. And you know, the Star still has some really fine reporters who do that. Here for Ventura County, Arlene Martinez, who covers the city of Ventura, is just great. Look, part of this is up to the consumer. Part of this is, you know, that great speech by Michael Douglas in the American presidency where he says democracy isn't easy. It's not. You've got to work at it. You've got to work to hear other voices. And you got to make sure that you challenge your assumptions at all times about the way things are going. I, you know, have gone from, you know, with, with the president— you know, being one of those guys who are just sort of outraged, he gets up in the morning and still breathing, you know, to like, you know, I, I'm really trying to listen to more voices about what he's doing, what he's accomplishing. And my God, if he
0: could just take his cell phone and Twitter away, you know, he'd be so much of a better president, wouldn't he? There's so much sensationalism with almost all sources now. Really. It's very polarizing. People, it is. It is. You know, they either are very, you know, supportive or very against it. Right. It's difficult to find, you know, objective information when it's so polarizing. And it is sensational. It but, is. but I want to talk about some local stuff as yeah. well. One more question about the newspaper. What, what do you think the secret sauce is, or how does the newspaper remain viable locally? What might they be able to do to yeah. survive longer or sustain? Darren Pesco,
4: who's the news director, used to be called editor at The Star. She and I had lunch about a week ago. And, you know, I think they've got the right formula. I think they're trying very hard to say, look, we've got a niche here in local news, We've got reporters who have an expertise, who've got some respect in the community. What we've got to work on is our delivery methods. Print will be a part of it, but some of the reporters are very good through Twitter, through Facebook. They're doing podcasts now. I think the secret sauce is learning what are the delivery methods that the consumer wants to receive your news. in. Because I think local news is still extremely important.
0: Let's talk about some local stuff that's gone on. Ventura County, the housing crisis is a big deal now. The Thomas Fire rocked us all. Let's start with the Thomas Fire. What are some of your observations and things you want to share about the Thomas
1: Fire?
4: Well, as as devastating as it was, and it certainly was as big a fire as I've seen in the 25 years or so that I've lived in the county, um, let me start with a positive thought. It is just amazing that 27,000 people evacuated this city with, you know, only one, two loss of life that really, in, you know, the circumstances of those really didn't have to do with the night of that fire so much as, as other things. So that that's kind of an amazing thing that we evacuate all these people safely. Secondly, is how this community came together to assist those people in so many meaningful ways, whether it was Red Cross, United Way, Ventura County Community Foundation, the board that I'm on, and then down to friends of mine Chris Collier and Emily Barani, who set up thomasfirerelief.org, uh, and had people, you know, going on this site saying, "I can house six horses," you know, and then somebody else would come on and say, "Well, I have six horses; I'll bring them to you." And they set up this sort of exchange, and that grew into a thing where they had pilots volunteering to fly people back and forth between Santa Barbara and Ventura. It, it was just, you know, uh, as my wife reminds me all the time. Sometimes when we watch, you know, a lot of hear a lot of bad news, she's people are basically good. They want to help. They want to help each other, and especially in a time of crisis. I think it was great. So lessons learned, Ventura and Ventura County is a pretty great place to live,
0: and people here are really good folks. Let's go into housing, which is a big deal in Ventura County and here in the 805. What are some observations with housing in Ventura County? Sure. Well, let's start with a simple observation. There's
4: not enough of it, and we haven't been building it. Between 2007 and 2016, Ventura County built 4,000 residential units. That's countywide over a nearly 10-year period. That's averaging like 400 a year. That's insane. Our population growth in that time period is about 1.5%. So we were growing. And what happened, Mike, is that you couldn't afford to live here. The prices went up so crazy. And so our traffic got so much worse. We have 80,000 people a day driving into the county to work because they can't afford to live here. 40,000 people driving out of the county every day to a better paying job in LA or Santa Barbara so they can afford to live here. Then it started to ease a little bit. Uh, Ventura itself right now has approximately 1500 units under construction and it's starting to get a little bit better throughout the county, but look, I don't know anybody who wants to pave over the farmland and the hillsides in Ventura County. That's not what this is about, but the NIMBYs are winning. They knock down almost every housing project that comes along and we've got to change that mentality. We've got to have a reasonable amount of growth in this community. Otherwise, no one's going to. You're going to wind up into a community of halves. You know, people have their house, and the the value of the house keeps growing, and you know, 16 people living in a three-bedroom house next door who are serving those people, you know, with the higher with the higher
0: incomes. It's just it's not sustainable. That's a very interesting topic. I think we should have a show almost dedicated specifically to that in terms yeah. of the shortages Can and. Can I the say decisions? one more thing about please, it?
4: Please, it's yeah. hurting our businesses. Uh, I'm part of a housing coalition that you know, includes groups like Amgen, the Navy Base, uh, Tolman Weicker, and they all talk about the inability to expand here in Ventura County and bring more good-paying jobs to this community because people can't afford to live here. How many times have people come to, you know, a job interview in Ventura, been offered a job, said, yeah, I'll take it, then they go looking for a house and call back and say, I can't take the job, I can't afford it. This is hurting our businessmen that we've had negative gross domestic product in Ventura County in the last three years. We've actually shrunk in Ventura County in the last three years. And I think the housing shortage is at the heart of it.
0: I think that's a very good point. I think it's a, a very strong topic that we should yeah. expand more. I think I'll, I'll put another show up probably in the next month or two okay. and, uh, and invite you back, and we can have a roundtable discussion with more of that topic because that's a very good one. Right. Um, I, before we end, I wanted to ask you a few questions just about financial matters. This is big money in the 805. But how, how do you approach your financial situation? What are some things we can maybe talk a little bit about with finances?
4: I was pretty lucky. My dad spent 25 years with Merrill Lynch.
0: Okay. And
4: uh, so he, you know, taught all of our kids in the beginning that, you know, you don't buy things you can't afford and you start saving your money. And uh, I remember when the, uh, you know, IRAs and the 401ks first came to being in the 80s and my company was doing a match and my dad was like all over me to get involved in, in that. So, I mean, there is an opportunity to create wealth in this country that there had never been before through some of those savings and investment vehicles that... You know people have got to be taking advantage of those they're, they're, they're great opportunities I have one son who's into Bitcoin and he talks ad nauseum about it uh, but he's actually made some money at it so yeah, yeah I don't know where blockchain technology is going to take this country or the financial world take this world excuse me or the financial world but it's a real interesting interesting thought I, my personal thing is I invest in companies that make good products and I think you know are going to be around for a while
0: I think that's well said. <laughs> Tim Gallagher is our guest today, and you can learn more about his company, the 2020 Network, at his website, which is the2020network.com. Tim, thanks for being on the Thank program you. today.
3: Appreciate it.
2: Now it's time for the Nonprofit Spotlight with your host, Michael Anderson, on Big Money in the 805. Nonprofit Spotlight. Here's
0: a local group we want you to know about, Nonprofit Spotlight. Today's Spotlight is brought to you by Era Energy. Powered by safety, innovation, and community, we help keep California moving forward. Spencer Norin is a brand ambassador for the Rack Life team. You can visit their website at RackLife.org to learn more. Spencer, thanks for being on the program today.
1: Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me on. Just honored and privileged to be spreading the word about RackLife.org, which stands for Random Acts of Kindness. We're a nonprofit with a core mission of helping people all over the world. We came into inception about 2014. We've had an opportunity to travel over 30 countries, have over 300 volunteers involved, And we're going around the world trying to find out what each community needs most. And we find out that through random acts of kindness, which we perform, and getting in touch with the community, finding out what they need, and making it happen.
0: That's awesome. I know you guys have a wonderful website. It shows the stories of the people you've met. Your Instagram is very active with the work that you're doing. Around the globe, you've done a lot with RackLife.org, and then also locally with the Thomas Fire. You guys have been very, very active in supporting the community and the relief Talk to us about the Thomas fire and how you've engaged. What can you share with our listeners about that?
1: Yeah, the Thomas fire like our whole community took us by storm and we got involved right away. You know, it wasn't a day or a minute that went by and we were actively involved being part of the community. Within the first week, we set up a donation center for food and clothing. We got involved with other local organizations, set up a kind of a home base on main street using grassroots yoga as one of our head points and started just bringing clothes food as so many people did in the community right and just kind of kept working that finding out the needs for people whether it be financial emotional because something that i've learned working with thomas survivors are each story is unique and everybody needs their own personal care if we're talking about really affecting them and helping them get back to how life used to be and that's kind of what each random act of kindness is is keeping your head up keeping aware and listening to who you're trying to help. There's been so
0: many people that have needed help and so many stories you've connected with just following, seeing the photos that Random Acts of Kindness, the Rack Life team has been doing. So talk to us about that. How can people connect with Rack Life and provide some random acts of kindness?
1: How does a community get involved or support the efforts you guys are doing? First thing is to use social media. Go to our website, racklife.org. We have a, a sign-up sheet there. You can, can submit random acts of kindness that you would like to have us help perform. And then also to be a volunteer. So it's kind of a two-step process to where we listen to you and the people in the community are the ones who give us the ideas for the random act of kindness. We research it, we put a plan together, and then we implement that plan.
0: Our guest today for the Nonprofit Spotlight is Spencer Norin. He's a brand ambassador with RackLife.org. You can check out their website online, RackLife, R-A-K-L-I-F-E dot Spencer, thank you very much.
1: Mike, appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Get ready to take some notes. <laughs> It's time for the two minute drill with Michael Anderson on big money in the 805.
0: Two minute drill. Grab a piece of paper and a pencil. It's time for today's two minute drill brought to you by familymoneyclass.com. You're never too young or too old to learn about money. Check out familymoneyclass.com. It's a great way to connect with your children to learn more about money together. A big issue with financial matters is procrastination. I wanna highlight an example of what that looks like and how it plays out. Procrastination can hurt you financially. We're gonna take a look at two brothers, Jason and John, they're twins. And Jason had a job in which he contributed four thousand dollars a year into his retirement account. And it started at the age of eighteen and he did this until he age twenty six. So he did it for eight years and then he stopped. Meanwhile, his twin brother John was busy in school. He became a doctor. And then at age 26 is when he started contributing $4,000 a year for his retirement. John continued this $4,000 a year for 40 years. In total, he put away $160,000 for his retirement. At the age of 65, whose retirement account do you think had more money? Was it Jason, who only contributed $32,000? Or was it John, who contributed $160,000? Let's assume that they had a 10% return. With that, Jason ended up with $1.5 million by the age of 65. Meanwhile, John only earned $1.3 million. Now keep in mind, Jason only invested $32,000 compared to John's $160,000. But his money earned interest for eight years longer. That's Jason's. So it wasn't the amount of money money that was invested it was the time value of the money. Jason didn't procrastinate and by investing sooner his account was able to grow larger. If you have any questions about investing or procrastination with money, you can check out napfa.org. That's the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, napfa.org, or you can contact me directly. I'd be happy to talk with you with a no-cost initial consultation. You can visit my website, which is maranatha.com, M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com.
2: You're tuned in to Big Money in the 805 with Michael Anderson. Now it's time for Michael to go to the mailbag and answer some questions from listeners.
0: Mailbag, we answer questions from listeners about money and financial matters. Brought to you by Spanish Hills Country Club. Taste the elegance. Golf, athletic, and social memberships. Visit SpanishHillsCC.com
3: or call Cindy, 805-388-5000. And our first question is from Julia in Camarillo. What are some local companies that are publicly traded here in Ventura County and Santa Barbara? Thank you Julia. I think it's a great question. We have a number
0: of very good public companies here in Ventura County, Santa Barbara County, and also San Luis Obispo. So, there's 21 that I follow closely. And I'm not going to recommend that you buy any of them individually, but you can take a look at them and see if it's a right fit for you. We have in the healthcare sector, we have Amgen, Inogen, Mankind, Sienna, Biopharmaceuticals, Calavo and Limonera, uh, big companies, very good consumer goods products. There's a lot of technology companies locally you can look at with Appfolio, CalAmp, MindBody, Resonant, Simtech, And the one local one that started in Ventura, their incubator, was the Trade Desk. They had 12 employees just a few years ago, and now they've swelled up. They have over 750 employees, the Trade Desk. So a lot of good companies locally. Check them out here in Ventura County, Santa Barbara County, and San Luis Obispo.
3: We have Rebecca from Santa Paula. She says, I'm disappointed with Wells Fargo, Chase, and the big banks for offering such a small savings account rate. What can I do to get more interest on my money? I have over $200,000 in a savings account. Please help.
0: Well, Rebecca, thank you for the question. You know, the big banks, they're not offering very good rates anymore with checking accounts, savings accounts, and CDs. It's terrible, really. A lot of clients that sit with me, I'm recommending that they do some research to find an FDIC-insured online bank. So we're talking about the Ally Bank or Discover Bank or Capital One. They're offering on a savings account 1.3% in a savings account. You just take a look, find one that you're comfortable with. It's not too difficult to get them opened up and set up and linked to your other accounts. A very good way to look at cash management. If you need any help with that, you can talk to me i'd be happy to give you some assistance but more than likely you can do it yourself online and that's it for today's mailbag if you have a question you can submit it online at marinantha.com m a r a n a n t h a.com and that does it for our show today thanks for tuning in to big money in the 805 you can check us out on facebook or itunes if you're liking the show please give us a nice review Special thanks to Spencer Noren, Tim Gallagher, Greg Mock from GEICO Local Office, and Dan Boyd from Boyd Security. I'm Michael Anderson. I'm here with Tom Spence from KVTA. If you have questions about the show, questions about your financial matters, you can always contact me online, go to my website, maranatha.com, or leave a message on my answering service, 805-665-3767. Have a great week. Join us again next time.
3: Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, certified financial planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately. 805-665-3767. Hi, this is Michael
0: Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. I've dedicated the past 12 years to researching different investment ideas. There are no guarantees when investing, but with a little help, you can find the right approach. I have built AllocationLink.com specifically for you. AllocationLink.com is investment management made simple, smart, and low cost. Allocationleak.com can have your account set up in less than 10 minutes. You don't need to have a million dollars. You don't need to have a hundred thousand dollars. You can get started with as little as $250 today. The secret to investing is regular contributions and giving it time to grow. Please check out my website online. I think it will be a great resource for you. Allocationleak.com is investment management that is smart, low cost, and automatic. Please visit AllocationLink.com to learn more, or you can leave me a message at 805 665